you for joining us for the Help for Wounded Spirits broadcast. We exist to help those wounded and suffering through life's trials. Here is our host and best-selling author, Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you, folks. What an honor it is to come across your airwaves, make a difference. Kevin's still with me. He's still out there in Carlisle, Pennsylvania. Good morning, Kevin. Good morning. You know, I was thinking uh, here at the Carlisle War College, uh, I'm probably a mile from it as we speak, or, or two miles. Um, and years ago, I met a colonel who's just, he, had, he was a chaplain. He became the base chaplain. That was then, what was then Fort Hood. But he, I, I had an appointment with him to meet him at 9 a.m. one day. And so I met him and he was wore out. He said, man, I can't meet you. I am so sorry. He said, I've been up all night working for a paper for the War College. And he said, I have to proofread it before I turn it in. And I said, well, I'm a decent proofreader. He handed it to me to proofread. <clears throat> And I, my respect for any colonel and a chaplain just skyrocketed because here's a guy, a chaplain, went to that war college, Doug, and I know you know about that war college. And this guy, he's a chaplain. He's writing about how to ex, uh, how to execute war. I mean, he was talking about. He wrote a paper about how to do a war, and I'm not going to tell you, wh- you know, where it was because I'd have to, you know, kill kill you or kill yeah. everybody or something. <laughs> but it was it was. I mean, he got into some stuff that was it was nothing classified, but the idea was this this guy was working his tail off to try to uh get through this war college stuff and uh, even as a chaplain he he knows what's going on with the, you know how to defend our yeah. country everybody who puts on that uniform is a soldier first and that's a really good example of that and uh, i remember at the sergeant majors academy we had to fight a war and we were assigned to europe i had poland i was fighting a war in poland a ground war against poland estonia and a lot of different places like that the russians were coming and i was helping them out and uh, it was unbelievable we had at that point we had some computer interaction but i was in charge of about 100 guys who were managing this war there at the our majors academy and we went 37 straight hours and i'm telling you when i got home that night i don't know how i drove that pickup truck back to the house but when man i slept and slept but it was funny because it was a guy from poland in our star majors class and his name was uh, boglikowski but anyways they called him bobby and uh, i remember we're attacking and he said doug doug you're attacking my town <laughs> that just that just made me smile yeah he said well we know this is all fake brother and i'd never attack your town so folks we find ourselves again continuing on talking about the light so important you know an attribute of god that he's light and we got here i actually brought you here sorry about that i brought you here talking about that the devil's job is to distort the image of god using these people who've hurt us these people who are walking around earth doing things that are against god's will uh, these people who are involved in aborting babies. I mean, we could just go on forever and ever. Yesterday, Kevin Apley brought up a movie that's pretty contemporary today, a documentary that you can find on uh, Amazon Prime and talking about somebody who called themselves Baptists and called themselves all kinds of things. They actually tell you within the documentary that there were many more Southern Baptists ascribed to this guy uh, than independent but it, or any type of Baptist. But I remember watching that and thinking to myself continuously, how did we miss that? 
How did people miss that? Now, I was never at one of his meetings. I was never, I never subscribed to anything he had. Anybody who ever talked to me and said, hey, I like this guy turned out to be a total freak in my life anyway. But I'm just thinking to myself, if we don't look for light, if we're not rolling with God, we're in the wrong place. In him, it says in the book of John, chapter one, verse number four, in him was life, and the life was the light of man, and we're still in the same place as we were yesterday. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended not. It can't. The light is God. Darkness is this man-made uh, uh, angel. Well, obviously, he was created by God as an angel, went bad, went weird, went crazy. There was a man sent from God whose name was John, John the Baptist. We're going to get into him in a minute. In 7, it says, the same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not the light but was sent to bear witness of the light. So the reason I'm hanging out here, Kevin, and talking about this again is because some of us see the world as light. We see a pastor as light. We see a deacon as light. We see a knucklehead that runs a ministry that's crazy as light. We see somebody who has a million kids in a TV show as light. No, it's God. We're not the light. We're here to bear witness of light. And some people, as in these people we're talking about, the aforementioned individuals, get it all wrong. And folks, so I guess what I'm trying to tell you as I pass this over to Kevin is folks, God is light. The rest of us are going to fall short. And if we're walking in the light, we see when people are falling short. Isn't that right, Kevin? Absolutely. Again, if we, if we try to look at something that reflects light and it becomes smudged or, you know, I mentioned headlights, headlights get uh, this, Oh, they, they get, I call it cataracts, but you know, the sun beats on them and they get, uh, just so hazed over and, uh, it's a wonder you can see anything with them. But, you know, if you say, okay, you know, that, that goes to show that headlights are, are all bad, you know, or light is bad. No, there's, there's a problem with, with that light source and, and, and perhaps that brand of, of, of headlights might be, you know, prone to, you know, to failure that way. And you could make a decision, uh, you know, about that brand and whatnot, or maybe that brand was bought out. And, 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 and so you can say, well, it used to be good, but it's not good anymore. And that's what you have in religion. And if someone that's listening has been through, you know, some kind of a, an abuse within a particular institution, a particular, you know, or within a cult or denomination that went bad, you know, it used to be good. Remember this, that, you know, no matter when God shows you something, the Bible says, abide in the same calling wherewith you're called. But if thou mayest be free, use it rather. So the idea is when God calls you or awakens you or sh sheds light in your darkness and you realize, whoa, I didn't realize, you know, here I was a Gothardite or a Duggarite or whatever, using that illustration. And God shows you a problem that was there. You don't need to throw out the baby with the bathwater or put it this way, sus suspect systemic abuse within the Bible or to say there's no one that's right. You know, there's no one that's honest. There's no true preacher. No one's reflecting the light, right? No, God did not leave us without witness. And God didn't leave, you know, John the Baptist is a good example. Was he perfect? No, he doubted Christ toward the end. But he he was, the Bible says, a bright and shining light. So we look at people as, you know, the best one you could say 
John the Baptist, it says among women, there's no one born greater than John the Baptist. You could say he probably reflected the light brighter than anyone else. He came into a dark time. The Bible says the people during that time that walked in darkness saw a great light. It's about when Christ came, but John the Baptist, you know, he was the forerunner. So he, he began, he turned the light on and then Jesus came and was the light. But uh, we, we, if we, we're going to find ourselves, Doug, in a dark place if we begin to suspect systemic abuse, and we're going to be like Eve, who started to believe the devil when, when she was thinking, well, you know what? Maybe they're holding out on me. Maybe, maybe I need to go down this path to really experience a God that's that's different than the God of the scriptures. No, the God of the scriptures is the one that we can walk with and experience. And he honors his word. And, uh, the, you know, read Psalm 119. If you're in darkness, read Psalm 119 and recognize the, the light. Look up, you know, be aware of the word light in Psalm 119. And uh, the entrance of thy words giveth light. That's desperately needed, Brother Doug, when we're going through trauma. Boy, it sure is. And, you know, the verse sitting on my computer is 119.105 that I just popped up talking about 119. What a perfect, perfect uh, segue. The word is a lamp onto my feet. So what guides our way? Kevin just hit that. It, it's God's word. It's the Holy Spirit of God using his word, illuminating at it. It, it, it. So, you know, it's, it's telling us that, you know, God's word is a guide and light. Not what men say. And, you know, sometimes I think, Kevin, I think there's people out there that have honestly started things and done things and met right. And, and you know, they get heaped upon with compliments and all these different things. And, yep. and, before, and boom, somewhere along the way, it becomes more about something else other than God's word. Somewhere along the way, we enter a few things because, you know, we're worth millions of dollars now or whatever the case may be. And, and God doesn't want us to be poor. I would love to see God give Kevin a million dollars because I guarantee you a couple things. He's going to use a lot of that for God. He's going to tie this 10%. He's going to give a bunch to missions. He's going to be able to live in a house and fix his coach and all those things. I'm not talking about that. What I am saying is for those of us who use God's word as our light and not men, I get we have pastors, but sometimes, you know, the Holy Spirit will God will say, hey, something's wrong here. Sit down with your pastor and say, did I get this wrong? And I'm going to tell you something, 99 out of 100 times they're going to go, brother Doug, this is what it actually meant. And they're going to help you. And But yeah. that one out of 100 times, you just bail because we yep. use God's word as a light. We sure do love you. Listen, don't go anywhere. We're coming back. We're digging in. So hang with us. Doug will return shortly. Meanwhile, you're hearing this music while radio stations are identifying themselves and broadcasting advertisements. So I, I want to move. I want to talk a little bit about John the Baptist, something Kevin and I, as we went through these verses, uh, pointed out here a minute ago. In those days, 
came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, repent ye, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, or Isaiah, which is Isaiah, saying that the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path. So prepare you the way of the Lord, make his path straight. So we're introduced to John the Baptist, who the Bible told us a minute ago, is not Christ. He's a preacher. He's bringing it out there. And, and so when I think of John the Baptist, I, I think sometimes of my responsibilities. You know, John the Baptist, he was all in, Kevin. He didn't, he didn't leave the best way, but he, was, he knew what his job was as a Christian. So, you know, without going real deep on this, uh, Kevin, what lessons can we take from someone like John the Baptist introducing folks to Christ being a, uh, you know, someone who came ahead of Christ, prepared us for Christ, what lessons do you think could help us in that area? Well, you know, I'm thinking John was a forerunner and, uh, you know, he was, he was a starter. He hit the, his ministry hit the ground a little bit before Christ. And, um, you know, so often God puts a person in our life as a stepping stone or a forerunner to, to get us started, you know, kind of like the pony motor to get the big motor going and a person, you know, someone touchable, literally, you know, someone that's right there with us. We hear his physical voice or her physical voice. They help us. They, they get us gone and they get us over the hump or they get us like my girlfriend years ago, they introduce us to Christ and, you know, the Christ of, of the scriptures. And then Christ himself steps in. Don't be surprised that that person, as Christ increases in our life, that that other person seems to decrease. John the Baptist said, Christ, he must increase, uh, but I must decrease. And, you know, don't be surprised that that the person that really helped you in the beginning, you know, even if they remain faithful to the end, they're, they're, they're going to, you're going to see some cataracts, you know, where they didn't see things right. They're going to, you're going to see some blind spots and you may be able to help them. And that's God's way that you, you can help them through some hard times as well. But, you know, John the Baptist toward the end said, art thou he that, you know, he was in prison. Art thou he that sent a message to Christ? He said, art thou he that should come or look we for another? And, and John was told by Jesus by way of a messenger um, blessed is he that is not, a, whosoever is not offended in me. So, you know, John was going through his trauma and he was struggling. He was a great light. He helped a lot of people, but in his trauma, he struggled. You know what? When we're going through darkness, don't, um, don't let someone else's way they handled their struggle affect you and your faith and your struggle. You may have to uh, be the strong person. Yeah. You may have to be the one that, yeah, that shines out. Um, I'm thinking about, you know, people that um, they started out as a great forerunner in, in, a, in, in my life. And there's one guy, when I first heard him preach, I was, after he preached, I sat in the pew every service and, and just looked at the people around me and said, wow. I'm just drained. This is just, I have never heard it on this wise speaking with authority, but you know what? He ran off and had an uh, adulterous affair with the, the secretary. And, um, and at that point I had to make a decision. Is it okay that God used him to get me started 
in the way of Bible-believing Christianity, selling out to God, making no excuse, not doubting, but just believing the Bible. Well, if I really did embrace Bible-believing Christianity and not doubting people, but trusting God's word, then that was my chance to put it into action. I had to say, you know what? He may fail, but this savior that I have embraced as my all-sufficient one, he's he re, he's big enough, and there's no fault in him, but I'll sure see fault even in the people that really helped me in the beginning, Doug. Yeah, I I think that's a great example. It, it you know, one of the gentlemen who helped me in the beginning uh, was a hero to me and, and maybe too much. So, but you know, we're all gonna, uh, get a little bit off and, uh, this guy got a little bit off and God allowed me to help him along and to, to grab his hand and to, uh, uh, to help him get back on the road and get back on the path. And a while ago I was asked to, uh, uh, speak to preachers on lessons from the Bible on what we should be as a preacher. And I ended up looking through the Bible. I wanted somebody, I wanted to grab somebody and I ended up grabbing John the Baptist. And I wanted to talk to these preachers at a college at a Bible college. This was back in 2020, just before the pandemic. And I learned some lessons from John the Baptist. And this is what I wrote down. And these are lessons on how we should serve God. I believe John the Baptist was faithful to God's calling. He was absolutely faithful. Uh, he, you know, he had zeal and courage. He was a little bit weird. He ate bugs. I get all that, but you know, but even in the face of opposition and persecution, he was faithful. Another yeah. thing I wrote, and I mean, this is a whole sermon. And I'm just introducing it to you because we're moving along. But he had this humility and selflessness about him. He kept on pointing the others to Christ. And we sometimes get that wrong. Kevin Apley talked about that show, that movie, where people get that wrong. They forget what, who they're working for. They forget what their job is. And boy, they get off all somewhere and they end up on a TV documentary later. But I'm telling you, John the Baptist consistently pointed others to Christ. He was bold. I always told preachers that when I was teaching this lesson. Be bold. Speak the truth. Be fearless. You know, preach that message of repentance and, and, and confronting people. Uh, you know, be bold in it. Uh, just be bold in it, as bold as you can be. Pre he prepared the way for Christ. And in, in our, obviously, Christ has come, but in many people's hearts, through preaching God's word, through presenting things, as Kevin said a minute ago, we're preparing. Uh, like that, his first girlfriend, the 14-year-old, prepared Kevin for things to learn about Christ. God uses all kinds of things and all kinds of people. I remember we had a 21-year-old guy, never really studied God's word, never really did anything. We made him a Sunday school teacher at our church after two years. He displayed all kinds of great qualities. I learned more from that guy's Sunday school class when we were planting a church up in New York. He would dig into God's word. He always focused on what God's agenda was. He started every lesson. What does God want us to know here? And so I always tell preachers, listen, focus on God's agenda and have a commitment. Now, this is a tough one, Kevin. This is my last point, And I think what hurt a lot of people we're talking about is, you know, God has a commitment to holiness and righteousness. And as his preachers, as his disciples, as Christians, as whatever God given role we have in life, We've got to hold on to that commitment. Do not let your good be spoken evil of. Mm -hmm. 
And sometimes, you know, we get lost, Kevin. Sometimes, and, and, and you know, I, I know we only got a minute to give you, Kevin, but I want to throw this back at you and, and anything you want to say as we roll down. Yeah. Um, well, you know, John the Baptist was just such a great guy. And when he showed up, um, talking about commitment, the, the, there's people, he started baptizing. He was John the Baptist. He started baptizing and the multitude that came to him uh, in that was a bunch of, you know, Pharisees and so forth. And he said to the multitude that came forth to be baptized of him, this is Luke three, verse seven, O generation of vipers who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come and bring forth fruits worthy of repentance. Uh, verse nine, the next verse. And now also is the ax laid into the root of the trees. So I just want to say right there, he was, he was a light. Christ was a self shining light. John reflected it, but John, he, when he first turned on the flashlight, people ran to hide and some people ran to hide under religion. And, you know, these, these were narcissists. The Pharisees were classic narcissists, the way they handled Christ, the way they made themselves look good and put other people down but anyway the heat john brother we got to roll from you i'm sorry yeah. hey folks we <laughs> sure right. do love you man it's it's hard to give a preacher a minute it's like uh giving your wife 10 seconds to talk about her day it's not right hey god bless you we'll be back with you tomorrow we're gonna keep going thank you for listening to our broadcast at help for wounded spirits we believe the bible and place great importance on you having a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior. The Bible delivers a clear and simple message of salvation, outlining how you can begin your personal relationship now. First, recognize that you are a sinner, as all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, understand that there is a cost to our sin, as the wages of sin is death. Third, realize that Jesus alone paid that price. To receive salvation, simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart that He alone can save you, and He will. If we can help you with your salvation or to direct you to a local church, please do not hesitate to contact us. For additional helpful resources, including our new TV series, more information, or to donate and support this crucial ministry, please visit us at WoundedSpirits.com. May God bless you.